It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? You know, I was a little down after that with Fleur News, but seeing <laughs> uh, Alabama get their face kicked okay. in made it a lot better. So Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, I, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um <laughs> you and you and old G Ramsey, he's been he's been wearing it out this morning. You know, I, I said like listen, the game was over by ten o'clock, got in bed at a reasonable hour, so it's all right, you know. Uh, we'll be back in the same same two teams next year. Uh same that lose the same team twice in a row. So well, anyway, see how that goes. Uh, all right, but this is the Titans podcast and we're gonna talk about Matt LaFleur. Uh, getting the job of the Packers and possible names to replace him. Before we do that, remind you, we write from bcmiracles.com. Cover times there for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry's at tlimbertfb. You can follow the podcast account uh, at Locked On Titans, and you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans. Um, so big news, obviously, Matt LaFleur is expected, I guess, to be named the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we kind of just brushed over the fact yesterday that he was interviewing with the Packers, that he had, that he had interviewed with the Packers on Sunday, um, not really expecting him to actually end up landing the job. He did. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think it was based on the work that he did here for the Titans in 2018, but his resume was, was getting him head coaching interviews last year. So from that standpoint, it's not all that surprising that he was able to land the job. But, you know, his first experience as a play caller was this past season with the Titans. Things didn't go well. Now, we've talked about all the reasons for that and all, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was just a little bit surprised to see him you know, one gig as the guy in charge of the offense, and it didn't go very well, and he's able to parlay that into a head coaching job. It's a total leap of faith by the Packers. Now, like you said, I don't think you can go off of much that he did in Nashville, his offense ranked 25th in, in total offense. Um, you know, but you can make the argument that he was kind of dealt a bad hand here. You, know, you talk about the, the Marcus Mariota injury week one, lost Delaney Walker week one, uh, Rashard Matthew with the team, working with all these young receivers, inconsistent offensive line. Not a lot went right. Uh, and I, I don't know how much blame he deserves for the offense being like it was. Uh, I, I think... We're frustrated because we saw this offense have its high moment in, in the middle of the season when Marcus Mariota was right. Uh, we saw the run game uh, kind of pop up at the end of the year. So we were excited to, to give him one more year to let Mariota heal, um, let a, a healthy Marcus play with a confident Derrick Henry uh, and kind of see where it goes. And we had talked a lot about continuity uh, which is something Marcus Mariota hasn't had. So it's just uh, it's another blow for, for Marcus Mariota, uh, who just hasn't had any luck <laughs> to really in, in any aspect of his career. So uh, once again, this offense is going to have to start over. It's going to be a new voice in Marcus Mariota's ear. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see some in-house candidates uh, that they could hire, but uh, just a, a really big blow for Marcus Mariota in, in a key season. You know, 2019 is his prove-it year. So um, a, a, another tough blow for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, absolutely. And Graham Barfield, uh, NFL.com, he's a fantasy guy over there, tweeted this last night uh, talking about, 
Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's, quote, weird 2018 season with the Titans. You know, Marcus Mariota ne- never fully healthy. Delaney Walker misses all year. Jack Conklin missed seven games, limited in two more. And the Titans had the sixth hardest hardest strength of schedule. Um, so, you know, I mean, we've talked about all that stuff kind of ad nauseum here, mainly around Marcus Mariota. But obviously the same thing's true for Matt LaFleur. You know, and all that stuff aside, it, it just seemed like, there, there were there were a few play calling things that I just couldn't understand. That's I think that's what um, that's that's I think what surprised me more than anything else. I mean, like you said, you can excuse whatever happened here. You can excuse. Um, it, I mean, look at Mike Vrabel. Okay, Mike Vrabel was the was the head coach. I mean, was the defensive coordinator for the Texans in two thousand seventeen. Their defense was terrible that year. Um, and, you know, Vrabel gets the head coaching job. So, I mean, you understand that, the personality, all that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, LaFleur had something that he could sell to the Packers, you know, wh- whatever that was. And, again, we know that right now Sean McVay is the hot name in in NFL circles. Everybody's trying to find the next Sean McVay. LaFleur worked for him. I mean, all that stuff makes sense. LaFleur does have some good stuff on his resume from, you know, the time before he came here. So it does make sense from that standpoint. But like I was saying, like just some of the, the, the ways that they use the running backs at times this year is really the main thing that I point to. Um, you know, just uh, even after Derrick Henry, I mean, I get not wanting to consistently give Derrick Henry the ball early in the, early in the year. He didn't deserve it. it. It wouldn't have been effective. But even after he got rolling, it seemed like they were still kind of holding to that rotation, would take him out at times when it didn't seem to make sense. The, the two-point conversion play call, in London, I mean, just stuff like that 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 we talked about that we kind of you know scratched our heads about because it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was that kind of stuff that made me wonder sometime if he was ready to be an NFL play caller. And now you're handing him the, the reins to a whole team. So I, I think that's the really the confusing part. Confusing part to me. Again, I get the the lineage and all that kind of stuff, but there were just some things even with his play calling in the game outside of all the injuries and all that kind of stuff that that confused me. And again at times had me wondering if he was ready to be a uh, be a play caller. Yeah, and you have to factor in, I think, you have to factor in the health of Marcus Mariota. We really don't know how healthy he was. So maybe some of those games, uh, he really didn't have his whole playbook available because Marcus just wasn't healthy enough. He didn't want to get Marcus hit again. So there, there's just a lot of, of factors there that went in. And I think... If you're a Packers fan, you just kind of have to throw that out and, and look at his ties to Sean McVay, uh, which I think is what the Packers did. And, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to work. Clearly, he's pretty good in an interview. Uh, he interviewed for the Titans head job last year, ended up getting an offensive coordinator job. Uh, but, man, following Sean McVay, that, that's going to lead some, to some really, really bad hires um, it, it, around the league, some guys that are – Perhaps not ready. You know, I don't know if McVeigh or excuse me, McFleur, Lafleur is ready for a head job. Uh, he, he's just coming off of his first gig as really the guy calling an offense. So uh, it, it's a total leap of haste. But hey, it's better than trotting out a, a retread. You know, the Jim yeah. Caldwells of the world. So uh, applaud the Packers for doing that. But just sucks for the Titans. Uh, sucks for Marcus Mariota. This is his one year to prove it, and once again, it's his fourth offensive coordinator in five years. Uh, you know, I, there's been some talk that Marcus Marcus Mariota is a, a coordinator killer, a coach killer. 
I don't know that that's necessarily the case when you look at who he's worked with. Um, so, you know, when was the last time the Titans had an assistant leave? Was it was it Jim Schwartz? Yeah, I think it was. So, yeah, I mean, you've got that going for you. At least people are interested in the Titans again. Uh, maybe Vrabel's on the right track here. Uh, but, yeah, you just hope you can bring someone in from the same coaching tree so Mariota doesn't have to relearn everything he learned last offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, I, I, I'm with you, man. If, if the Titans, whenever they're looking for a head coach again, which hopefully is not for a really long time, bring me a Mike Vrabel, bring me a Matt LaFleur over a Jim Caldwell, a Mike McCarthy, the the, the, the guys that, that have proven they can't get it done. Like everybody at some point you have to give, you have to take that leap of faith with them and, and let them do something they've never done before. Or, you know, you wouldn't ever have any new coaches. So anyway, we're, listen, we're going to get into that, you know, coming up when we talk about guys that could possibly re- replace LaFleur um, because you're going to have a list of guys that, that have, that have called plays that have had, you know, at least some level of success with that. And then you're going to have a list of guys that have never done it, and we just we don't have any idea how successful they would be if given the opportunity. So great point there. Um, all right, we're going to talk about some possible names to replace coming up. Before we do that, tell you about my bookie. Uh, if you've been listening here, you know that we we endorse my bookie. It's a great place if you're if you're gambling online. This is where you need to be doing it. The NFL playoffs are here, and it's time to get the action. Get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the games. Not this year in the fifty. 50- Third Super Bowl is right around the corner. It's really the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They play, fa- they pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money this NFL playoff season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Join now, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for NFL playoff season. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. And my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So we have a post up at museummiracles.com written by Mike Herndon, who does an excellent job with these types of things. Um, it's like 10,000 words probably. But uh, when he going through possible replacements for Matt LaFleur. Now, we, this is the discussion that I think we should have before we launch into names. Um, we, we, we've been all around the Marcus Mario thing, and again, where we're at right now, he's playing on his fifth-year option, still a question mark. There are there are any number of scenarios that could happen with Marcus Mariota. 2019 could be it for him. Uh, they could 2019, he could be really good. They could sign him to an extension. 
2019 could be good enough that they want to see another year, and they franchise tag. I don't think we talk much about their day, but that's certainly an option. Um, so with all of that in mind, you asked me the question before we hopped on here, do you hire this do you, do you make this hire for Marcus Mariota or you or do you make it for, for the best of your organization as a whole? And I think at this point, you don't completely disregard Mariota in this decision, but you don't necessarily hire a coordinator that you think would be perfect just for him because there is a I, – I mean, I don't know what the percentage chance is, but there's a decent percent chance that he's not your quarterback in 2020. Yeah, uh, this comes from – the, the talk of Mark Helfrich or, or anyone really with Oregon ties. Do you, do you go that route? Do you really try and maximize Mariota uh, for one more year? I, I just don't think you do. I think you get the guy that Vrabel feels brings the best philosophy, that has the best fit, uh, that, that fits with him, fits with the, uh, the coaching staff. Because, I mean, Mariota is just not a sure thing at this point. As much as we want him to be, as much as we thought he would be, he's just not. So I'm just not with the line of thinking that you go hire a spread guy, uh, an Oregon, a chip disciple, anything like that. Now, what I am for is keeping it somewhat on the coaching tree, on the McVay, on the Shanahan coaching tree, which is what – uh, LaFleur ran here last year. So I, I think you need to keep it there, not just for Mariota, you know, for all the receivers, for everyone involved, for this offensive line. They learned a whole new system. Uh, we really didn't see them start to gel until week 14, 15, 16 in the, in the season. So, um, you, you know, we were, were told it was going to take half the season to, to come along. Took a little bit longer than that. Uh, tons, tons of injuries, but I just hate to see all that work undone uh, just because LaFleur went up to Green Bay. Yeah, and so with that in mind, uh, Mike listed two guys on the current staff that, that could be candidates, Pat O'Hara, the quarterback's coach, and Tony Deuce, the running back's coach. I would assume if, it, if one of those two guys is going to get the job, it would be O'Hara again. Familiarity with Mike Vrabel. I mean, he was, with, he was on the Texan staff with Mike Vrabel before he came here. Um, you know, obviously – Quarterbacks coach very important to an, an offensive staff uh, from a scheming perspective, from a you know jargon, language, understanding, all that kind of stuff from from that perspective. So I mean, he would have a, as good of an understanding of Matt Lafleur's offense as anyone else did. Now we're also assuming that Mike Vrabel liked Matt Lafleur's offense, which maybe he didn't. Maybe he wants to go a completely different direction. I mean, who knows? But if you're trying to keep some continuity, if you're trying to keep along those same things, like you said, you either go with a, with a Shanahan tree person or you go with, with an internal candidate who, you know, then would kind of, I guess, be from Lafleur tree or however you want to look at that. So, I mean, I, I think O'Hara to me is really the only guy on staff that has a chance to, to be the next offensive coordinator yeah he's just a guy that, that me and you really don't know about you know he's got all this experience in the arena league and some some high school experience but outside of that we we really don't know but uh you would think that that he worked close enough with LaFleur to, to where he could just kind of pick up where he left off we don't know if he'd be any good but uh you know that's kind of where you'd start if you wanted to keep it on staff I I, I just kind of go back to last year you know, you remember the Ryan Day stuff uh, kind of before anyone knew who Ryan Day was at, at a national level. Um, there was some interest there. 
So you wonder if Vrabel would, would go down that road again. Kind of the, the unknown uh, college guy uh, that, that's been making some noise. So, uh, you know, obviously Ryan Day is, is the head coach at Ohio State, taking over for Urban Meyer. But maybe there's someone that he's worked with in his past uh, that, that he feels like he can get. So uh, yeah, a lot of names right here. It's really, really hard to, to narrow any outside candidate down. But keep that in mind uh, about last year with Ryan Day. Yeah, and just uh, along those lines, Zach Taylor, the Rams quarterback coach, is, is a guy that now the Rams have, have not been allowing him to interview for jobs. So uh, that's another thing that, that you have to keep in mind with this. With NFL position coaches, uh, teams don't have to let them interview for coordinator jobs. So if if they don't want you know if they don't want these guys to to t- even talk to the Titans, they don't have to let them, and that's that. But Zach Taylor, you know, again, same system that Lafleur came from all that kind of stuff. So that would make a little bit of sense if you're going outside, but you want to stay in a similar tree, similar thing to, to what's been going on here. Um, all right. And then, so after this, we'll just kind of kick around some names that have been thrown out there that are fun. And we'll kind of talk about if we'd be in favor or not. So I, I, listen, I'm going to fill out Lane Kiffin. That's my first name. Um, <laughs> oh, guy, I, I knew, I knew you were going to love that. Um, and like, listen, Lane Kiffin's not going to be the Titans' offensive, offensive coordinator. But if you know, if, if they hired him, would you hate it? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at least, <laughs> at least he can't get you into trouble with the NCAA. Uh, yeah, this this is know, a tough question for you as an NFL coordinator. But you, know, you, you just talk about a, a slimy snake uh, <laughs> type guy. And so, yes, I, I probably would hate it. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you're getting him out of Boca Raton. Raton. I, I think he's having too much fun hitting up the bars down there and, and being a rock star. So yeah, I'm out on lane. Yeah, there you go. But he, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's had success. He, that, that man can turn a quarterback around. Um, all right, so. The other names you're going to hear, you know, we, we, we've talked at length about how we don't like retreads. But, you know, Mike lists three former head coaches on the list here. Adam Gase, Jim Caldwell, Mike McCarthy. None of those guys do it for me. Um, I, I would just, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Mike McCarthy had a lot of success with the Packers. Um, I, I don't know what success Jim Caldwell's had. I can't remember it. It's been so long ago, I guess. Um, Adam Gase was really good when Peyton Manning was his quarterback. But, I mean, I think there are you know, literally thousands of people on this earth that could call plays for Peyton Manning in his prime or even, you know, like towards the end of his career. So I just, those names, I, I would rather see them go somewhere with the unknown outside the box, even with an, uh, an O'Hara over one of those three. At least that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm out on Caldwell or Mike McCarthy for sure. I, I mean, if you can't manufacture an offense with Aaron Rodgers pulling the strings, uh, yeah, I'm out on you too. So um, Adam Gase is is interesting. You know, I, I typically am, am totally out on Peyton Manning offensive coordinators. Uh, something just went wrong in, in Miami. He lost the team. So there's the concern there. Um, can he can he maintain control of an offensive group? Uh, he wasn't particularly bad in, in Miami, uh, but he did lose control at the end. But that was as a head coach. So I, I don't know. It it feels like he's going to get a, a, a bigger job. He's interviewed for some from head coaching positions. So uh, that's an obvious name. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that one. I'm not in or out. And then another interesting name, Brian, Brian Callahan, was a guy that I think the Titans talked to last year um, before hiring Matt LaFleur. 
Uh, he's the Raiders quarterback coach. He's been out there for a while. Obviously, has you know uh, those NFL bloodlines. His dad being being a successful head coach, both in the NFL and in college. Um, so the name is interesting. I mean, he's done some good work with with a guy like Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, done some done some good work with Derek Carr uh, in Oakland. So he's a name that I mean, like if that was who they brought in, I, I wouldn't necessarily hate that. But then you are probably looking at a complete new system. Yeah, and, and that's another guy we, we just really don't know too much about. Total wild card. Uh, I, I believe he worked with with Jim Bob Cooter, uh, who's also available. Uh, you know, just both of them did some some average work up in Detroit. But again, you don't know how Callahan is or or will be as on his own uh, calling an offense. So uh, he's a total unknown for me. And the other guy that I mean, I don't I don't think it makes any sense to to go down this road. But you know, John DeFilippo was a guy that was a really hot name this time last year. Um, yeah, obviously ended up being the Vikings offensive coordinator. And got fired uh, during the season. Um, yeah, I guess just had some issues with the way they ran that offense, uh, abandoned the run too quickly in games. And I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, Mike Zimmer wants to roll and play defense. So, I mean, you, you get that from that perspective. But I don't know. I mean, it's just he's, a, he's an interesting name because he was such a hot guy uh, in, in that last cycle. But also, you know, it was funny. It seemed like Frank Reich a lot of credit for what the Eagles were able to do last year in that playoff run with with uh, uh, with with Nick Foles and everything that happened there. And then, you know, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator, but it, there were other names on that staff that were, you know, hotter names than he was, John DeFilippo, one of them. Um, and now you've seen the success that Frank Reich has gone on to have with the Colts and Andrew Luck. And obviously he has Andrew Luck. I know that helps. But I do think that their scheme is good, and, and they did a good job of maximizing what Andrew Luck was able to do early in the season when it seemed like he was still a little bit limited throwing the ball. And then later in the season, they kind of opened it up more as, as Luck apparently got healthier. Um, so I don't know. Is the, is the shine off of DiFilippo? I mean, obviously for you know getting fired you know in his first year with the Vikings, but even, even more so with just the success that, that Frank Reich has had. Maybe it was really Frank Reich. That was that was doing a lot of that, you know, structure and, and game planning and that kind of stuff with the Eagles. Yeah, that was my exact thought. I, I think we had the wrong guy pegged last year because we were all over Flip, uh, kind of wanting him to come here at the time. But uh, it, it does seem like uh, Frank Reich was uh, was the one pulling the strings there. But yeah, that would be a tough sell. Um, you know, you talk about going to to Minnesota, Kirk Cousins. He's not. Not the worst quarterback, not the, not the best, probably somewhere in the middle road, but you've got Stephon Diggs, you've got Adam Thielen, uh, some weapons there, Dalvin Cook, uh, it just couldn't make it work. It was just downright bad uh, down the stretch. So I, I know the offensive line was a problem there, but uh, his one season of work, I don't I don't think you can go back to that and hire him w- with confidence. If if he's going to be your, your quarterback coach, you know, that's a different story. Uh, he was given a lot of credit with, with Carson Wentz and his development. Uh, so, so maybe that's that's a candidate down the road if, if the the Titans make a change at, at quarterback coach and some other positional coaches as well. Any other names of interest? Man, there's so many. That that's my thing. It's so early to be speculating. I know it's fun, uh, but it, it's just really early. Uh, the guy that's that's kind of got me peaked on, on both. A Titans perspective and apparently a, a Volunteers perspective is Todd Munkin, uh, Buccaneers offensive coordinator. That guy was was really good in college. Uh, had two top five offenses at, at Oklahoma State. Uh, went to Southern Miss. 
ended up dumping to the NFL and, and coordinating the Bucks offense with Jameis Winston and, and all those guys. Uh, actually ranked third in, in terms of total offense this year. So he's got some looks as a head coach. I believe he interviewed with the Packers and the Jets. Um, yeah, that's a guy that that you've seen a lot around Twitter already for. So uh, he's got the stats to back it up. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Titans go down that road. Yeah, he is the guy that's interesting because didn't. So he got did he get fired during the year? Or they or just uh, Dirk Cutter took the play calling away from him. It, I don't something have like that in front of me. I don't know. I think I think that if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, that's what happened, and it was just crazy because the, the, the offense was that offense wasn't the problem, obviously. Right. So yeah, he, he's an interesting guy. Um, again, it, it's just yeah, we'll get some things will come out, guys. They start talking to, and so we'll have a little bit more to go on when that happens. Um, because like, like you said now, I mean, there's so many names and you can you can just kind of scatter all over the place and and talk about guys that, that they could or should or whatever. Begin. So um, we'll obviously keep an eye on all of it as it happens. And, you know, again, we weren't really expecting <laughs> this to happen when we talked yesterday. We thought we'd be you know talking about receivers today of the time roster and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, well, Fleur's gone. Uh, they're, they're looking for somebody to replace him. And so obviously we'll, like I said, be on top of all of that. Um, so keep listening to us. We'll be, you know, a couple of more new episodes this week. Um, you can also follow us, musicmiracles.com. We'll be writing stuff up there, keeping track of guys that are reported to be in for interviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can also call in and leave us a voicemail. We'll talk about it on the show. We had a couple of, uh, after yesterday's show, which was awesome. And what was planning on getting to them today, obviously with, with all the news that, that happened, not going to do that today. But before the end of the week, we'll get to those voicemails. The number six one five seven eight seven eight seven six two. 615-787-8762. Uh, just leave us a voicemail. We'll play it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Any questions you have, any kind of feedback or whatever. Who you think the Titans should hire as their offensive coordinator and why. Uh, leave that for us, and we'll be sure to, to listen and, and, and provide feedback. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.